0: You need winners? Let the sports advisor show you how to make money. General Manager Al DeMarco, a former sports reporter and contributor on Fox Sports, MSNBC, and Comcast Sports TV, brings over 25 years of handicapping experience to the table. CEO Steve Budin, the author of Bets, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, is the man responsible for creating the sports betting industry. Together, they are the Sports Advisors, your number one source for winners. The NFL season continues. We've got a game in Munich, Germany, between Tampa Bay and the Red Hot Seahawks, and that's where we're going to kick it off this week. Hi, everyone. Al DeMarco here, along with Steve Boonen. Before we go any further, a quick reminder, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you can always find out when the latest episode of our Countdown to Kickoff program awaits you. And for the latest episode of the college football pregame show, I do with the Red Hot Rick Torino, who is 8-1 with his Saturday College Football Best Bets. Again, it's right down there in the corner, so click and subscribe now. Well, Steve, let's get started. I've been riding the Seattle Seahawks each of the past four weeks, so I think you have an indication of which way I'm going to go. But let me give the audience to you. And get your opinion, Tom Brady and the Bucs finally snapped their losing streak last week. They're overseas because the NFL has nothing else to do but torture all those people on the West Coast with a 6.30 in the morning West Coast time kickoff for this contest. Which way are you going in this one?
1: Well, Tom Brady gets a much needed road trip, you know, far away from those Pesty reporters asking him all those personal tough questions. Uh, look, let's be honest. The Bucks have had a miserable time trying to score touchdowns. Uh, the coaching advantage, to me, definitely goes to Petey Carroll over Bowles. In fact, uh, for Seattle, I think this season is a testament uh, to the coaching ability of Pete Carroll. Uh, but even given the exceptional play of Geno, um, I'd rather have Brady under center than Smith. In fact, I think despite all the personal drama, Brady saved the day with. With that last-minute touchdown drive with no timeouts, 44 seconds left on the clock to beat the Rams uh, at the wire last week. Now, does that spark a resurgence from an offense that's missed key personnel from the past years and has suffered from questionable game planning and play-calling I think it might. I mean, I like the Bucks here. Now, that might be me betting on Brady because I've won so much money on him in the past, and maybe it's wishful thinking, Al. Maybe it is. But my gut's still saying Brady, so I'm going to take Tampa Bay and go against you. I'll lay the two.
0: Well, you know what they say about the past does not predict future results. And that's the way I'm going here because, listen, at the outset of the season, I thought Geno Smith, it was a dead end for the Seahawks. He was simply a placeholder until they got a top three draft pick next year. But it just shows you sometimes – quarterbacks take more than oh six years to mature and uh, they need an offense that works for them and a coach that has a little bit of patience and in retrospect who would have thought nine ten weeks ago when there was actually a quarterback battle between Drew Locke and Chino Smith that The Seahawks would be looking at a guy who during this four-game winning streak has completed 70.1% of his passes for an average of 223.5 yards a game, six touchdowns, and led the Seahawks to an average of 28.5 points a game. But in reality, he's been doing it all season long because he's been consistently in the top tier of quarterbacks in terms of completion percentage on the year, Uh, pretty cool 73.1%. He's thrown for nearly 2,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. And the thing that has really impressed me with the Seahawks is that once Penny, their lead back went down at the start of this four-game winning streak, Kenneth Walker III, the rookie out of Michigan State, has stepped in and really produced – And they haven't lost a step. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks, the winners of four straight games. I've backed them in all four. I don't care if the game is played in New Zealand or Australia. It's the bottom line is I think the wrong team is favored. And Brady backers have not been rewarded this season. So the fact that they beat a struggling Rams team for only their second win in a seven-game stretch, I'm going to go with Seattle, and this game is priced right, too. I mean, if the game goes to three, hey, I'm going to buy that extra half point, but right here at plus two and a half, I'm a very contented guy. Kansas City, boy, Chiefs cost me last Sunday night. I I was buying the Chiefs. I thought I had them perfectly set up. Uh, Tennessee going with a rookie quarterback who looked awful in his first pro start the prior week, but – Again, the Chiefs ran into a defense that kept them in check. And Andy Reid, I'd seen this story played out so many times, being a lifelong Eagles fan, having formerly lived in the Philadelphia area on and off throughout my life. And uh, my God, what I'm talking about is, you know, Patrick Mahomes, let's give him props because he led that team to the fourth quarter comeback. He guided them to the overtime 20 to 17 win. But you just don't win that many games when your quarterback is throwing the ball 68 times and he's also your leading ground gainer with 53 yards on the ground the running backs a combined 14 yards in the game and that's always been a problem with an Andy Reid coach team sometimes it's like oh those guys wearing those numbers that designate that they're running backs they just don't see any action and that's problematic with Kansas City. And now they're going to take on a Jacksonville team that finally earned a win. Big number. Are you scared of that one, or are you going to be enthralled with it and jump on the dog here?
1: Yeah, I just can't do it anymore, Al. I can't lay big numbers on Kansas City. Like you said, the Chiefs needed OT to barely beat Tennessee. and. You're right. The problem's not Mahomes, right? 446 yards passing, 63 yards rushing, responsible for both Chiefs' touchdowns. Uh, this was a game that the Titans actually led 17-9 to with just three minutes to go. The problem is the Chiefs don't cover. They're simply not as good as the public thinks they are. Jacksonville, you're right. They snapped their five-game losing streak, both straight up and against the spread. They rallied from 17 down to beat Vegas. But to me, this game is more about KC having issues covering the spread, especially at home where they're 0-5 versus the Vegas line. I'm done with KC. Give me Jacksonville plus the points.
0: Yeah, I don't know which way to go here. And admittedly, because I was burned for the second time with Kansas City as a big chalk this year, uh, the other time against Indianapolis, uh, the way I would perhaps look at this game if I was enticed to play it at all is in a two-team, seven-point teaser, taking Kansas City down to a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. I would trust Kansas City in that aspect because I still don't think Jacksonville is that good. I mean, Jaguars are definitely better here in their first year under Doug Peterson. But, you know, I give them props for beating the Raiders last week, 27 to 20. But at the same time, I have to discount those props because what the hell are you doing falling down 17 nothing in the first place? But then again, it's the Raiders who have a habit of blowing 17 nothing leads this season. So, you know, I just don't know what to make of Jacksonville. But again, putting Kansas City in that teaser, I feel much more confident taking KC basically saying, hey, win by a field goal on that teaser-adjusted price. The other thing, Steve, have you considered that total there at 50, 51 points because Jaguars have gone over in six straight on the road. Uh, Their defense is a little better. Any thoughts on the total there?
1: Well, like the over last week with Kansas City thinking they were going to ring the register. And when that didn't happen, you know what I mean? It kind of did to me what betting on Kansas City did to you. Kind of eased me (laughs) off the pedal of just saying, oh, it's easy. Kansas City plays. You bet the over. You know what I mean? So, like, nothing's easy in this game, my friend. Nothing is easy.
0: Okay, next one. We've got the Giants coming off a of bye. And uh, Christmas comes early for the Giants because they return from that bye to host the one, six, and one Texans at MetLife Stadium this week. And next week, they get the two, and six Lions at home uh, before uh, Thanksgiving arrives. And then the Cowboys uh, come next on the schedule. But listen, prior to the bye, Uh, The Giants had a two-game road trip, which they split. They had to hold on for dealing life, stopping Jacksonville in the one-yard line after a comeback win against the Jaguars. But then they went to the Pacific Northwest and lost to the Seahawks. But still, it's been a great start for the Giants. Uh, now they're taking on Houston, a team that last played two Thursday nights ago, where they didn't play great, but they stayed within the number against Philadelphia. But I really think that was more a case where the Eagles playing on a short wake on the road. Uh, I think perhaps the Eagles overlooked a team that at the time was 1-5-1, and one, and, you know, they were laying, what, uh, I think it was 12.5 points, uh, So I don't give the Texans that much credit for staying within the number.
1: Yeah, listen, the Giants are in the midst of a dream season, uh, only overshadowed by that other team in New York or New Jersey that also is having a pretty great season. So now they come off the bye well rested, facing a team that at least on paper looks like an easy out. But this is a Houston team that did give the undefeated Eagles hell. Uh, They have a rookie, Damon, a running back, uh, Damon Pierce, who's playing great for them. Giants are 6-2, but they've only been favored twice by this type of number, uh, never by this many points. So uh, can they handle the big spread is the question for me. Um, I say no. I'm going to take Houston here to gut it out and get the cover.
0: Okay, I'm going to go the other way, and I have no problems taking the Giants for this reason. You've got a Jacksonville team that can't stop the run. Uh, Dead last in the NFL in terms of giving up yards per game on the ground, 180.6. Third worst in the league in terms of yards per carry, yielded at 5.4. I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a big game here. The other thing is Daniel Jones behind that leaky offensive line has been sacked 25 times. Only three quarterbacks have been taken down more than Daniel Jones, but... The Gi- uh, the uh, Texans don't really get to opposing quarterbacks that much. So I think this is a contest where the Giants have a great chance to roll by 10 to 13 points. And the one thing I'll say, Brian Table has had the Giants ready to play every game. So coming out of a well-deserved bye, I think they will be focused here. And the uh, Houston Texans really haven't shown me much at all. So I'm willing to lay the number with the Giants. Next game, uh, oh, by the way, and they better do well in these next two games because, listen, this is a Giants team that's only 9-22 and straight up in the NFC East uh, since 2017. So they've only played one division game so far this year, and that was the Week 3 loss against the Cowboys, who they meet again on Thanksgiving Day. So let's boost that record up. If you're a big Blue fan, now's the time to pad it against the Lions and the Texans the next two weeks. Uh, Oh, boy. I guess uh, maybe this could be the who cares game of the week. It is (laughs) Chicago (laughs) minus two and a half versus Detroit. Yeah, that's really exciting. But, you know, I had to we had to talk about this game because how the Lions finally won a game last week. So uh, I'll throw this into your lap first.
1: So you know Chicago lost at home last week to Miami and fell to three to three and six. Uh, but to me, Al, their offensive evolution is kind of undeniable. Bear quarterback Justin Fields, he's becoming a major threat. He threw three touchdown passes, had a sixty-one yard scoring run. He had one hundred and seventy-eight yards rushing on the day. All of that, but it wasn't enough to beat the Dolphins. The question is, will performances like that be enough to beat the Lions? I think it will. I'm going to take the Bears here, minus the points. I'm with you as uh, as well on Chicago
0: here. Because Justin Fields, the last three games, 47 for 72, 65.3% completions, six touchdowns, averaging 151 yards through the air. And in that three-game stretch, also 320 yards rushing and three more touchdowns. And listen, you know, you're playing the Dolphins, the Cowboys, and the Patriots, three teams that aren't too shabby. And the offense put up 32, 29, and 33 points, respectively. The Bears have some talent now that's gelling offensively. As you pointed out, they're running the ball well, too. The Lions beat the Packers to snap their five-game losing streak. Uh, The biggest thing that I can take away from that game is that Aaron Rodgers gave them the game because of his three interceptions in the red zone, and... It dropped their draft order from having the number one pick in next year's draft down to the number five. Probably saved Dan Campbell's uh, job as well. So I'm willing to go and take a flyer on Chicago in this one. Which brings us to the Miami Dolphins, who are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Cleveland. You're in Miami, so I figure you've got a, a handle on the Dolphins here
1: yeah I mean Cleveland's coming off the bye week just in time to cool themselves down coming off of a great performance against the Bengals so the question is is can they regain that momentum in Miami against the Dolphins team that they've not won three straight Uh, they're getting better and better since Tua came back Uh, Cleveland's big problem now is holding on to the football they turned the ball over multiple times in the last four games out of five Uh, Miami's defense way better at home than it is on the road they allow just 15 points in the sun in Miami uh also Tua is better at home. He's 13 and 3 straight up, 12 and 4 against the spread as a starter at home. I like Miami here. I'd lay the points at home, give me the fish minus the points.
0: Yeah, Tua the last two games uh, against the Bears and the Lions, uh 50 of 66, 684 yards and six touchdowns and they put 35 and 31 points on the board. A little note of concern, maybe a little bit of a red flag. The defense gave up 368 yards to the Bears, including 252 on the ground and 393 yards against the Lions. We know what the Browns are going to attempt to do here. They're going to attempt to run the ball like crazy behind Nick Chubb. So the Miami, which went out and acquired Bradley Chubb from um, the Broncos a couple of weeks ago, they have to tighten up that run game defense as well. In terms of the Browns speeding up the Bengals, well, That's what they do. They always beat up the Bengals, and particularly Joe Burrow, Miami's offensive line, has afforded to a great protection since he came back from that uh, concussion. So I'm going to go with Miami, too. I think this is a dirt cheap price at home against a Browns team that has not played well on the road, which brings us to our last game, and it is going to – well. It promised to be a good one at the start of the season. I don't know if it's going to be a good game. I don't quite understand the line here. Dallas minus five at Green Bay. I understand the history in the series because, listen, Mike McCarthy's return to where he was so successful at Lambeau, the Cowboys two and nine lifetime
1: in Green Bay. Yeah, you may have seen me looking down a little bit in the last couple of my wife, ex-wife, look. My ex-wife was blowing up my phone. Clearly, it's the uh, it's the ninth, so the alimony payment must be late. Look, the Packers actually remind me of my ex-wife. I just don't have a lot of nice things to say about them. Five game losing streak. They're out of the race. Uh, last week, Aaron Rodgers looked like Brett Favre at the end of his career, willy-nilly passing three interceptions, two in the red zone. How the team is flat out unrecognizable to me. It's hard to believe that to some gamblers out there, they still have that brand recognition because that's why we see the line where it's at now and not and not way more. Um, it's, it's because it's not because bookmakers put the wrong line down. It's because the public perception out there is still such that they believe that Green Bay is all of a sudden going to snap out of this and become the Green Bay that they were before this season and all the problems that they've had. It's, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Cowboys, on the other hand, are having a solid year. They won four out of five with backup Cooper Rush, and since Dak's return, they've rolled past a couple of cream puffs, the Lions and the Bears, and the Cowboys won uh, those two by a combined 73 to 35. Uh, Cowboys and the Packers are two teams that are heading in two different directions, Al. This is a cheap, cheap line. If you ask me, I'm taking the boys. You know, it's
0: interesting what you said about the Packers and how the public perceives them because if I could take that soundbite and play it back and put it toward what you should have said about Brady and the Bucks, yeah. I think that's where you made your mistake and made the left turn
1: in that game's
0: analysis. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, what, what I
1: saw last week with what Brady did at the end of the game, it stirred up a little past emotion in me. And I even said in the analysis that maybe, just maybe, I'm being a little bit, you know, uh, nostalgic in you all, all the money I've made on Brady and more hoping that this is going to be. And I, I admitted that. So you know, you're right. I'm still sticking with my play there, but but I, I acknowledge that you may be onto something. Yeah, yeah. Like I was on, I was on something when I took Kansas City last Sunday night. I'm not sure what it was, but it was a loser. But uh, listen, well, actually, I think oh, Aaron. We don't do drug test here at this show, so you're okay. I think Aaron.
0: I think Aaron Rodgers was on something too. Uh, I don't know how many people listen to Pat McAfee show when Aaron Rodgers is on with Pat McAfee. Uh, I'm not sure how they can do those that show because the egos are so massive. I'm not sure there's enough air. For when they're both on together. But Aaron Rodgers, guys, I got to read you this quote. This is from Tuesday's show. We're filming this on Wednesday morning. Uh, This is Aaron Rodgers. I still know I have that within me. I'm still the reigning defending two time MVP. Regardless who's out there with me, guys want to come to battle. They know where to find me. I'll be in the center of the huddle, expecting greatness, trying to inspire the best I can and lay it out on the line. Now, this is the guy who threw three interceptions. One at first and goal from the five, one at fourth and goal from the one, one at second and um, second and uh second down and the 22 of the Lions last week. He cost his team the game. He sucked all season long. He took the Brinks truck, backed it up at his driveway, took all the money, left nothing, left the Packers in salary cup hell, watched Avante Adams take his money and go off to the Raiders. I mean, There's nothing there around him. Aaron Jones suffered an ankle injury. X-rays were negative. Who knows if he's going to play this week? We don't know here as we do this show here on uh, Wednesday morning. This is just not a good Green Bay team. What I like about the Cowboys is coming off the bye prior to that game, it was Dak Prescott's second game back, and, boy, did he tune up Chicago. Season high for the Cowboys in terms of points scored 49 And season high in terms of uh, total yards, 442. Season high in terms of rushing yards, 242. And Zeke Elliott didn't play in that game in that 20-point win. So Green Bay's offense is broken, but I'm not telling you anything you didn't know and what Steve didn't tell you. Uh, So when you only scored nine points and averaged 5.6 yards per play against the league's worst defense, and that was the Lions last week, and again, like you said, Steve, I mean, Dallas is only five now, granted, five is that number you're out on an island, you gotta lay seven. that's you know you're saying basically win by a touchdown i I don't know why dallas isn't lay, isn't a seven and a half point favorite to begin with, but I'm all in. So that, uh, that'll do it for this week's show. Other than the quick reminder as usual, make sure you check out the one-day free all-access pass. Listen, we've been telling you this for 10 damn weeks. If you haven't done it yet, I don't know what
1: more we can possibly do because there ain't nothing better than free. Yeah, it's hard for me to believe that at this point you haven't taken advantage of it. You probably have and you loved it, but you can always tell a friend about it and they can take advantage of it too. And that would be my suggestion to you this week. Yes, and you get all the plays of all the handicappers. It's a
0: $109 value, minimum price, and you get it for free and you get all the handicappers for free over at the sports Well, that'll do it guys for Steve Buden. I am Al DeMarco Marco again, make sure you subscribe down in the corner to make sure you always are aware when we've got our weekly NFL program available for you here. And also for the college football show. I do with Rick Torino, that'll do it for this week. We wish you well, and we'll catch you next week with the latest edition of the sports advisors, NFL countdown to kickoff.